From 2009 to 2018, Bill Dudley was the president and CEO of the New York Fed. And in that capacity, he was also the vice chairman and permanent member of the Federal Open Markets Committee, the FOMC. He wrote an earth-shaking op-ed on Bloomberg this week where, to paraphrase, he says that Trump is making bad choices on trade, and in response, the Fed should not add accommodation like cutting interest rates, and therefore let Trump drive the country into recession to make him stop these bad choices on trade. Furthermore, he even says, quote, there's even an argument that the election itself falls within the Fed's purview. Oh boy. Larry Summers, formerly Treasury Secretary under Bill Clinton, Democrat, tweeted today, Bill Dudley's op-ed might be the least responsible statement by a former Fed, by a former financial official in decades. Bill Dudley's Bloomberg op-ed, the Fed shouldn't enable Trump, is the worst case of Trump derangement in the financial world. He also says, it's seven days to May at the Federal Reserve. Has the world gone mad? I had to look up seven, seven days to May. It's a 1964 movie, political thriller, about apparently the plot of the movie is that the president is negotiating a disarmament treaty with the Soviet Union and a military political cabal planned a takeover of the United States, presumably not agreeing with the president. So this, in the short term, this is mildly bad. In the medium term, this is potentially extremely bad. I'm gonna break this down and discuss what the problem is. Could this op-ed ultimately be instrumental in changing the course of Federal Reserve history? Is that a hyperbolic question? First, please subscribe, it's no big deal. We're not going to have a smooth financial and economic future. And the only way to get notified when I post a new comment is to subscribe. Don't be the last to figure out what's going on. I'm Ken Bauso. I'm a CFA charter holder. I've spent my career on Wall Street and in the financial markets. And I do this podcast to talk about finance and economic issues in a way that can be understood by everyone, even if you are not a financial professional. The short-term reason why this is bad is simple. It's less interesting than the medium term reason, but we're going to jump into it right now. There's always discussion, speculation, allegations, etc., that the Fed is trying to manage the economy by stepping on the gas and stepping on the brakes. That's what the Fed's doing. It's trying to speed up and slow down the economy to manage it and make sure we don't go into a recession. So there's always speculation that they are doing that in a way that favors one political side or the other. For example, at the end of Obama's last term, Janet Yellen didn't increase interest rates as much as she would have, stepping on the brakes, for example, because she wanted Hillary Clinton to win. Okay, now, I'm not asserting this. This is just something that I've heard alleged. I've never really seen it in writing, but this is the kind of thing that people talk about. Now, after this article, it's harder to call this kind of political meddling by extremely powerful unelected technocrats, which is what the Federal Reserve is. It's harder to dismiss this kind of thinking as some kind of crazy conspiracy theory when Dudley is saying it out loud. So I think this generally harms the Fed's credibility and perceived intentions. We all make mistakes, right? Even people on the board of the Fed make mistakes. And sometimes 
they make a mistake and we go into a recession, right? But were they really mistakes? Were they really or did they mean to drive us into recession? This is the crazy kind of thinking that will now be proliferating because of this story. Here is the second and more interesting way. Rahm Emanuel, in 2012, he made this comment, which you probably remember. He said, never let a serious crisis go to waste. And what I mean by that is it's an opportunity to do things you could not do before. Now, this was controversial at the time. He was criticized because a lot of people said this is him using a crisis, generally speaking, to be politically opportunistic. But at the time, this was enlightening to me. I think this is, it's really just a simple observation. And that's this, at any time, right now even, there are opposing groups on either side of any debate that wanna change things, but there's not enough support and there's too much opposition. And so usually we sit at some equilibrium when nothing happens. Today, for example, there was no legislation passed, right? Right now, there are politicians who want strict, some politicians who want stricter gun laws, there are some who want weaker gun laws, like constitutional carry gun laws. Some politicians want harsher immigration laws, and some want softer immigration laws. I suspect that after September 11th, they didn't make up the Patriot Act from scratch. They probably had it sitting on a shelf somewhere because there are a lot of intelligence people and politicians who have been wanting to do it. But until that point, they didn't have the support and they had too much opposition. So now... Let's go back to the Federal Reserve, where I'll tie this in. The Fed is said to be independent, but it operates under the supervision of Congress. So if the Federal Reserve wants to be left alone, they would be well served to not upset either party. This is from the, I'm going to read something from the Richmond Fed's website. It says the Federal Reserve is subject to oversight by Congress, which often reviews the Federal Reserve's activities and can alter its responsibilities by statute. Okay, it was created by Congress, it reviews the Fed's activities, and can alter its, its responsibilities, the Fed's responsibilities by statute. This is from the Federal Reserve, Richmond Federal Reserve's website. It also says that the Federal Reserve is ultimately accountable to the public and to Congress. So for example, I know that when Barney Frank was in office and chair of the House Financial Services Committee, he proposed actions that would have reduced the Fed's independence, in my opinion. And I suspect that most politicians, up until last week, most politicians who would prefer a less independent Fed, I would suspect were on the Democrat side. Now, you're likely, Dudley is likely to have stirred up a bunch of Republicans. And at the very least, a bunch of Republicans are probably wondering if an independent Fed is a good idea and some may come to the conclusion that it isn't. So here's the thing. No politician is going to say that based on Dudley's comments in this op-ed that we should take away the Fed's independence. But behind the scenes, these comments will help that sentiment grow. And then when there's a crisis and public opinion is against the Fed, which is only a matter of time in my opinion, now they'll be more likely to use that opportunity to diminish the Fed's independence. And especially, especially, we are hearing all this talk now about modern monetary theory, which is explicitly an idea of what we should do when the, when the typical central banking tools become less effective. 
and so really stimulation in the economy comes becomes more of a uh, of a task for the Treasury Department with the Fed having an important but more peripheral role. So MMT would be operationally easier if the Fed was just a department in the, in the Treasury. So I'm not in favor of, of MMT, but that's for a different video. But another perspective is this, as a thought experiment, let's just invert this whole question. Instead of arguing the Fed should stay independent and how to do it, let's argue the Fed shouldn't be independent, right? If we were to argue, just for as a thought experiment to invert what we're talking about here, if we were to argue that the Fed should not be independent, what do you think we could recommend if we could wave a wand? What could we do to get Congress to change the rules? What's the best way to do this? What's the best way to swing public support and political support against the Fed? In my mind, having a senior Fed official who stepped down only last year talking about this kind of thing that Bill Dudley is talking about is an excellent way. So let's just pop through, through the article. I'm just going to pick out a few things. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's not long. It's an op-ed. It's called The Fed Shouldn't Enable Donald Trump. It was posted on Bloomberg. Bill Dudley, as I said, served as president of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York from 2009 to 2018 and vice chairman of the FOMC, previously U.S. economist at Goldman Sachs. So a few paragraphs in, he says, According to conventional wisdom, if Trump's trade war with China hurts the U.S. economic outlook, the Fed shouldn't respond. The Fed should respond by adjusting monetary policy accordingly. In this case, by cutting interest rates. But what if the Fed's accommodation encourages the president to escalate the trade war further, increasing the risk of recession? The central bank's efforts to cushion the blow might not merely be ineffectual; they might actually make things worse. Okay, further down, he says, officials could state explicitly that the central bank won't bail out an administration that keeps making bad choices on trade policy. Now, consider this for a second. He's just throwing out as a possibility that, hey, maybe Powell could speak for the Fed and say, we're not going to bail out bad choices on trade policy. This is a value judgment, right? That who is deciding, who at the Fed will be deciding what a good choice is or a bad choice on trade policy. And th this, will, this point will be made more strongly later. He says, I understand and support the Fed officials' desire to remain apolitical, but Trump's ongoing attacks on Powell and on the institution have made that untenable. Central bank officials face a choice, either the Trump administration to can enable the Trump administration to continue down a disastrous path of trade war escalation or send a clear signal that if the administration does so, the president, not the Fed, will bear the risks, including the risk of losing the next election. So I'll paraphrase, right? If you're going to do this trade war and it's going to have an economic cost, we are not going to help you and you're going to go down and you're not going to get reelected and we are going to let you take the economy down to a recession. Start of the next paragraph says, and this is a big one. He says, there's even an argument that the election itself falls within the Fed's purview. The goal of monetary policy is to achieve the best long-term economic outcome and Fed officials should consider how their decisions will affect the political outcome in 2020. So instead of the Fed officials 
deciding what to do right now to help meet their dual mandate of price stability and full employment, they should consider how their decisions will affect the next election so that they could decide who they want to win in the election. The, that last part was a paraphrase by me. So I jumped around a little bit in that, but here we go. Wall Street Journal has a, an opinion piece and they say, just to cut out a couple sentences, they say, these columns wondered if Mr. Dudley was politically motivated while he was at the Fed, favoring bond buying to finance Barack Obama's deficit spending, urging the Fed to intervene in markets, to boost housing, and keeping interest rates low for as long as possible. And now Mr. Dudley is confirming that he views the Fed as an agent of the Democratic Party. Now, I know the journal opinion pages sway conservative. I don't agree. I, I don't agree when the journal's opinion piece at the end says it's confirming, Dudley's confirming he views the Fed as an agent of the Democratic Party. I wouldn't interpret what Dudley's that Dudley's article says that. But the point is, this is now the debate that we're having, right? There's a there's a handful of opinions here that I'm just gonna throw out um, from from very uh, esteemed people. Nariana Kocher Lakota, who was who was president of the Federal Reserve Bank Bank of Minneapolis until 2015, 2009 to 2015. I think he's great, Nariana. He says, I'm gonna pull some quotes from, from, uh, from his comments. I have a lot of respect for Bill Dudley and I learned much from him. But that said, he's completely wrong on this issue. The FOMC is a group of unelected technocrats. Only some of them have been appointed by the President of the United States. The legitimacy of a policymaking body constituted in this way relies on its adhering to assigned tasks. In the Fed's case, this means keeping inflation rate at 2% and unemployment low. Yes, the President is a source of uncertainty. The Fed's congressional mandates say that it should automatically offset this decline in aggregate demand by cutting interest rates, and that's what it should do. Otherwise, the Fed itself becomes a new source of economic uncertainty. Going forward, the public will always wonder whether the Fed was using its monetary policy tools to create a recession so as to drive the current president from power. There was no way that the Fed could or should survive if this becomes a major part of its deliberations. Mohammed Al-Aryan made some comments. I'll just pick out a couple sentences. He, he, he comments, the comments specifically that Al-Aryan makes is, that I will mention, are in response to Dudley saying, there's even an argument the election itself falls within the Fed's purview. And Alarian says, what would make central bankers uncomfortable here goes beyond the direct conflict with the traditional construct of central banks, particularly in advanced economies. Highly technocratic institutions that are not only apolitical, but also require political autonomy for their operational, effective, or their operational credibility and effectiveness. James Bianco, founder of Bianco Research, they make the point here, they disclose that Bianco was interviewed by the White House in May for one of the open governor positions. He says, this is an excerpt from his comments. These, these comments are really spot on, I think. Bianco says, imagine if the Fed decided it was unhappy with the Gulf War and raised interest rates to punish George H.W. Bush. 
Does Dudley think Fed independence means it can punish political policies policymakers disapprove of in violation of their dual mandate without consequence? This sounds like a financial coup. It's possible the Fed is playing an even more political game than Donald Trump. The fact is, Trump's attempts to fix trade with China have both bipartisan and public support. A recent Pew Research poll found that almost 70% of the public think China is the enemy. None of the, Democratic, none of the Democrats running for president criticize Trump's objectives when it comes to trade. What they criticize is the process. So lastly, I'll mention these comments from Clive Crook, Bloomberg opinion columnist. And he says that, it isn't every day that you're stunned by comments on monetary policy from actual or former central bankers, but Dudley's astonishing advice to the Fed on how to deal with Trump sure qualifies. I can't imagine a more damaging posture for a central bank to adopt. If the Fed did in this fashion declare war on Trump, what makes Dudley think it would win? Once the Fed outed itself as an explicitly political body, the ground is cut from under anyone defending its operational independence. The central bank would immediately become an arm of the party in power, which would suit the president just fine. The Fed's job is not, as Dudley says, to make sure the president, not the central bank, bears the risk of economic policy, an astounding formulation. It's to do all it can, often against the odds, to maintain full employment, and stable prices, and the best weapon in that endeavor is the independence that Dudley wants to shed. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening. Please let me know what you think.